When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark, and this is another first for the podcast. Welcome the band Night Sky to the show. The band is made up of Niles and Sky Lannon, father and son duo, who've just released their first album on Sonic Ritual. You may recognize Niles from the band Film School or from his solo work. We start off talking about Niles' early days playing in college bands before taking several years off working in tech for CD Now before they were bought out by Amazon. And that was when he really started taking music seriously. He joined film school and after years of touring, the band was signed by Beggar's Banquet at the same time Niles was working on some solo projects. But he stepped away from all of it and stayed away for 10 years. He began composing commercial music and started a family. Enter Skylanded. Sky's natural aptitude for music was apparent early on. And Niles and Sky began Night Sky as a way to flesh out some of the music they had been working on for a long time. They've released their debut album called Vanishing and it sounds great. Niles and Sky talk about how their writing has changed, straddling the line between producer and dad, and challenges touring when your drummer has too much homework. Follow them on Instagram at night underscore sky underscore band n-y-t-e-s-k-y-e pick up the album on Bandcamp, fat beats or wherever you get music follow us at performance anx on twitter and instagram and support us with coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or by buying some merch at performanceanx.threadless.com now prepare to be amazed by the father and son duo of night sky and performance anxiety on the pantheon podcast network <laughs> okay all right go ahead <laughs> hey this is niles and sky and we are of the band night sky welcome to the performance anxiety podcast and we're so happy to be here we have a new album that we just released on january 10th on the sonic ritual record label <laughs> enjoy <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> Hey, buddy, want to grab a chair? Sure. Okay. All right. Trying to figure out some louder here. Internal speakers. Okay, here we go. All right. Can you hear me better? Yeah. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Sky. Nice to meet you. 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, I think this is a first for the podcast. I've released over 300 episodes, and I think this is the first one that's father and son. Oh, nice. 300 episodes, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh at, I think I'm at about 305 now, but I've got probably seven or eight recorded still that I haven't released. So, wow. So you've been doing this a while, huh? This one, yeah, about, I'd, I'd say four years, four and a half years. And then I wow. did two prior to this. Each of those had about 100 episodes. And those were more sports-based. But Okay. This was the one that, uh, that, that stuck, I guess. Although, I mean, 100 episodes isn't bad, but... That's cool. But, uh, <laughs> so, what I like to do is to kind of find out how you guys got to where you are. All right. All right, let me get, make sure my notes up. There we go. Mike, the, the laptop I record on is pretty old, and every once in a while it ha it'll freak out on me, And it, but it's been nice today, so. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, my, you're, uh, you're looking at the uh, camera of a 2014 um, <laughs> uh, iMac, so I, I hear you. I'm, I'm, you know, keeping this old beast alive as long as I can, but, man, it's like every day is something new at this point. Oh, yeah, it, that's about the same as it, this laptop. It mine's a... What is it? It's a Dell, but it's uh, it's about the same age, I think. So it's every once in a while, it's the old touch screen. So every once in a while, it'll do this thing where the screen will freak out, and these little concentric, these little circles will pop up and start to get bigger and bigger, and they'll start clicking <laughs> off of my tabs and shutting things down randomly. And, uh, it's had it's happened once or twice in the middle of a podcast, which oh my wow, little disconcerting. Yeah. So. <laughs> so but what I like to do is kind of find out how you guys got to where you are. And obviously I think we'll probably have to start with Niles on this one. Uh, so sure. I want to learn a little bit about how music became such a big part of your life. Was it something that you grew up with? Did you have it in the family, you know, were parents musically inclined or was it something that you struck out on your own? They were musically inclined just in so insofar as they had a lot of records lying around, <laughs> not really musicians per se, but, um, I was, uh, just, you know, surrounded by music all the time growing up and I don't know, growing up in this area too. I, I grew up really close to San Francisco, just over the bridge. And okay. uh, I just feel like that also contributed to it as well. There was just a lot of musicians around and music around and like, um, it was just kind of in the hills, you know, just on the, the, the folklore of the area or whatever. I just kind of just loved it, you know, and, and yeah. in high school, I was already like going to a lot of Grateful Dead shows and just kind of immersed in that whole thing. And, um, I love a lot of different kinds of music. I'm definitely not like a, you know, granola type or anything, but I, <laughs> but I, I just, I just love it all. So I was, I was around, you know, a lot of music and, um, started playing guitar pretty seriously, I guess, around that same age in high school, or a little bit before high school, but really focused on it more in high school. And okay. that's when it kind of all started for me, I guess, as a musician. But when I went to college, I was also in a, in a you know, a college band that had a little bit of success. We recorded with Steve Albini out in Chicago. So we kind of got into that whole like emo kind of you know, uh, hard rock or, uh, I don't know, kind of a abrasive angular rock music that was big in Chicago at the time. And was that the uh, Splendor Bin? Splendor Bin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and we had a good thing in college. I mean, you know, being a band in college, it was so much fun. There was just a, an absolutely 
I don't know, just amazing scene at the time. And I, I was in Philadelphia and it was just great. I mean, it was just, just playing really packed show. I mean, we were, we were a terrible band. I mean, just, you know, absolutely terrible, but, um, you know, we had our, we had our little thing that we, that we did, I think well, and, um, we had a lot of friends, you know, and so these, these shows were just a, like a ton of fun. And, uh, there was a fraternity on campus that would have these just wild band parties. And there was one, uh, in particular every year called the human barbecue. Nice. <laughs> Three days of, of music around the clock. Whoa. All, all night for three days straight. Oh my so God. It was an absolute, it was just mayhem, but it was super. I mean, I don't know. There were touring bands that would come through, you know, um, there were great bands in West Philly that would play this, you know, just a lot of, a lot of great Philly bands like, uh, Zen Gorilla and, um, uh, photon band or like the lilies like that. There was a whole scene in there that was kind of overlapping with what was going on at the university and stuff. And okay. I don't know. So I, I was kind of in that whole world. And I think experienced like that rock kind of, uh, um, underground energy. Well, that's a great place to, to really get into. I mean, I, I grew up in central New Jersey. So I was like half, I was like an hour from Philly and an hour from New York. So I kind of a little bit familiar with the Philly scene, mid nineties, you know, in, in that area. And so it's a band from New Brunswick going down and playing, you know, it's just a really cool area to, to be exposed to music. Yeah. Was college around the time when you really started thinking about making music your life? Not really. I, I really just, I still considered it almost like a, you know, just a side, just a thing that I had fun doing really. Okay. Um, I didn't, I never really thought of, pursuing it. And, and, you know, the band actually shortly after graduation, the band broke up. I got a job at a, at a tech company and kind of went off into that world for a few years and oh. really kind of stopped playing for a number of years. And then I had a band and stuff, but it just wasn't very active at all. Okay. Uh, this band called Ray Zoko, that was just a little, little kind of a space rock kind of I don't want to say I wasn't active because I was also in um, this other uh, experimental band called the Asusa Plane. Okay, and that was uh, that was a total a whole nother beast. It was kind of um, this this <laughs> entity where we literally would just pick a key for the song to be in, and without practicing at all, we would just get on stage and start playing. <laughs> that and, sounds amazing. Yeah. And so this guy, that, that, that you know, main kind of uh, creative force behind the band, this guy, uh, Jason D'Amelio, he, he would just kind of like have these kind of grand plans. It's like kind of, I don't know, kind of intellectual, mostly just like these kind of like, I don't know how to put it. Cause it wasn't really music. It wasn't like a musical plan. It was more like a, this is the vibe we're going for this is the energy we want to have. Okay. Okay. And it's the key of the song. <laughs> and, and so it was really fun though, because, and it was great for confidence because we would get up there with literally, I mean, of course playing, you know, you kind of, after a while you kind of get into like, okay, this is, I know where this is going. This is kind of where we're going to go. Yeah. But there's something about that stage energy that is so incredible. You get up there and there's people watching and you come up with these pretty amazing improv jam sessions and you just have to go for it you know 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen. And it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more. Plus, an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. Yeah, so that 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 happened in there too. But I, honestly, like I was still like in the kind of job world that wasn't really totally uh, dedicated to music. Uh, it was still just a kind of fun thing. Um, and I was working at this tech company, which was related to music. It was um, this place called CD Now. It was an online online music retailer. I I remember that. Yeah, it was very it was very early on. I mean, you know they were pretty early in the e-commerce scene. They had launched a store, I think in 94 Wow. or 95, like some, right before I started working, I started working there in 96. So, or late 95, I can't remember, but you know, they, they had just launched this e-commerce solution or whatever for stores in general. Yeah. But I guess the music that they were, they were selling CDs and it was the, it was successful. So, so I guess it kind of focused in on that after a while and became this pretty successful online music store. Um, enough that, you know, it went public and they had commercials on TV and all this stuff. Yeah. I remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I worked there for a number of years and, and developed their affiliate program, um, which also was a 
like Amazon just beat us to the punch on that one. Like we were always just a tiny bit behind Amazon. So, you know, e-commerce, we're just a little bit behind Amazon, the, the affiliate program, which became such a big deal, like, uh, again, like right behind Amazon. So like they would get all the press for this stuff, but we were like right there. And so I got pretty, like, I got pretty swept up in that whole world for a few years. The affiliate program, I was kind of running that and I had like 150,000, 160,000 websites on this affiliate program. And I'm managing this whole thing. So before you know it, I'm like a manager of this whole team. I've got like all these people reporting to me and I was in way over my head, you know, just totally not, not prepared for it at all. Um, not very good at it. I think I was okay as a manager, but I just wasn't very good at like climbing the corporate ladder. I just didn't feel like I felt like a fish out of water. So Anyway, I ended up, I ended up quitting and moving back out here to San Francisco. Yeah. And so that's kind of when, oh, and it just so happens this little side note here. Um, right around that same time, the company got kind of, I, I guess technically they were bought by Amazon, but really Amazon just came in and cleaned house and just bought like, or just kind of, you know, absorbed all these companies at the time. Right. And we had merged with these other music stores and Amazon just came through and got us all. Wow. So, but long story, I ended up with some Amazon stock. Oh, which, uh, unfortunately I sold as soon as I moved out here so I could have about six months off. <laughs> but oh, now I often think about that, the, the number of houses I could have yeah. bought that stock <laughs> had I still, had I kept on. Oh, yeah. So, but, yeah. you know, that stuff is so hard to predict. So, I mean, you did pretty well with it, though. At the time, it was nice to have, you yeah. know, six months of freedom. And that was kind of like, so So anyway, I don't want to go, you know, like, basically, I got another tech job when I was out here, but it was part-time. Okay. And it was fantastic because I was getting, you know, I got it to dip my toe into a little bit of that, like, era when, you know, San Francisco really had a great tech scene in so far as that you could get these part-time jobs that were I mean, it was kind of the beginning of the whole gig thing. So like, you know, I could have a contract job and make pretty good money while still doing all this other stuff. Okay. So I started to get more into music then because I felt like, okay, I actually want to play more music and do it kind of for real. I'm like 30 years old and this is, this is it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, little did I know that was not it, you know, it could be another 10 years, but, um, anyway. so that, so I started doing that more and then I got laid off from that job. And that, that company was called Epitonic. It was actually a MP3 website kind of a little bit before it's time. Oh, wow. You know, so this is before, of course, before streaming, uh, this is before Bandcamp. before like a lot of these sites that are out there now, there was just mp3.com and oh, wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then us who we had this, I don't know, we had this philosophy that it's okay to give away your music as long as, as long as you agree to it as a promotion. Okay. And so that was the, the whole thing with the company. Like, we don't know where this is all going, but if you are into letting us promote you with free music, then here, here we are. So that, that was a cool little thing. It got eventually bought by CNET and then just kind of went away. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, like a lot uh, of things back then. It's just kind of, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I got laid off from that job. Right. That's finally when things started to become serious. Cause, um, okay. Right around that time, I started producing music at home a lot more. And I started, well, I, I joined a new band called Film School. Right. I was starting off. 
and we uh, did an EP that ended up Scott Canberg, Canberg from uh, Pavement put it out on his little label, which is really, it was a small thing, but it was like the first time when I was like, oh, okay, I've got something to talk about. Like I've got, you know, this, this, uh, everyone knows who Pavement is. And now yeah. one of them just put out my EP. So yes. <laughs> what do you know? was a good thing and then um film school just kind of was one of those bands you know like san francisco was going off at the time there was a great scene and we just played and played and played and played like all the time and for years it took forever it took i don't know four <laughs> years or something for us of just playing the same songs to finally get signed we, we got signed at uh south by southwest uh kind of classic you know south by southwest story you yeah. know kind of worked, you know, I'd already been there a few times. And then, you know, finally we had our big opportunity to play for uh beggar's banquet, which was at the time a pretty cool label. And, and they signed us, you know, I think they signed us on the spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, that led to another year of touring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but we finally got the, the full length out. So we were over there a lot and I got to go to Europe a bunch and, oh, nice. um, you know, obviously I wasn't, I wasn't working at that point. So I was doing f music full time and touring all, all over the place. Um, I also put out a solo record in there that did pretty well called chemical friends. start happening I mean, were you writing your own music this whole time or did that really start to kick in with film school it actually kicked in right around the same time like i during that period of being unemployed i i was like i really had a fire under my butt to actually do something i just felt like i had this limited amount of time which actually kind of relates to what we did during the pandemic it was kind of the same feeling but i just felt like okay i've got like you know eight months here and i'm gonna do as much as I can. So I, I actually did three albums. I did, a, I did an electronic album uh, called Astronomy for Children, which was cool because I was able to get that on a little label and then I got to go over to Europe for that. Mm -hmm. 
it's just this funny little abstract electronic kind of ambient album I did. But oh, cool. Yeah, but it kind of managed to get out there a little bit. And then right after that, I did this solo album uh, called Chemical Friends, and that also just seemed to do pretty well. I mean, you know, we're not talking, I didn't sell like, you know, 100,000 records or anything, but I, I like, I, it just got out there a little bit and I could, I, I could feel that, you know, I was getting radio play. I was getting asked to do things. And, um, I, I, I don't know that I, I think film school kind of bubbled to the top real quick because we had a, a pretty large label come forth and had a lot of momentum. Right. And so I just kind of, I ended up focusing on that for a few years. The other stuff kind of fell away, but yeah, I mean that, that took basically up until 2006 or yeah. 2007 actually. And then I, I came back from a tour. We had a really kind of rough time film school. We were touring for a long time and then our van got stolen and all this stuff. Oh happened. yeah. It was, wow. a, yeah, it was just a big kind of train wreck and I, I really needed to take a break. So I, I stepped away for a bit and I didn't know how long it was going to be, but it ended up being a while. Like I, it was about, it was another 10 years, I think, before I went back with film school. So oh, man, yeah, I took a, I took a big break there and, and did another solo record, which, which did okay. And then shortly after that, Sky was born in 2008. all the way up to sky being born <laughs> also, right around that time i started doing commercial music too so i yeah, I, I was gonna ask you about at that this point yeah at this point that, so i had been touring you know for all those years and, and then i had another kind of panicky situation what the hell am i gonna do with my life and then i suddenly out of nowhere i just got these opportunities to compose and that really changed everything because now I'm actually doing music full time and I'm getting paid and I don't have to tour anymore. Yeah. You don't just cram a bunch of guys into a bus or, or a van. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's gotta be nice. That was nice. Yeah. And it really, <laughs> it really changed everything for me, you know, cause I, I, I just stopped worrying about having, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to work and tour and play and blah, blah, blah. I just, it, suddenly I was like, okay, I can, I can ride this baby as long as possible. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. All right. So before we get into Sky's arrival, how did you get into that? I mean, what was the first bit of, of, of the commercial music he did? What was your first, I guess, gig? I don't know what's, what the right term is for that. I, I had a few tiny little things that would, would pop up every once in a while, just from knowing people, you know, Oh yeah, we want to use your, your little song you did for, for this little thing. And I'd be okay. You know, that's cool. But it really happened when that second solo album I did, it kind of somehow got into the hands of like, I mean, this is before, you know, this is, this is way before Spotify and streaming and stuff. So I, okay. it wasn't a playlist, but it was like a, must've been like a CD sampler or something. Somehow my music got onto their radar and I had a couple songs on that solo album that were kind of, you know, just kind of, it's not like they were like happy, uplifting commercially type music, but okay. it was like, it was like acoustic folk 
like, you know, I don't know at the time it, it seemed to resonate with some people, I guess that were doing commercials and they must've known also that I could produce at home. And, and, you know, when you can produce at home, especially back then, and you're writing kind of stuff that's compelling in that world, then they come a calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, okay. they start calling. And, and so I got like, I got, I was working for like all out of nowhere within a month. I had like, uh, three pretty solid agencies that I was working for. Oh, wow. It just, it just totally changed everything for me. See, all you yeah. got to do to make everything work is just panic a little bit. That seems to be what your secret <laughs> formula. Yeah, I think so. And I just, you know, I, well, you know, I was, I was, that was what my fourth album, fourth release technically, I guess. So, or no fifth, I guess, or sixth, if you include the stuff from college. Jeez. <laughs> so I had been, you know, already through the ringer a little bit. Um, but, uh, I think it was luck and just also writing a certain kind of music, I guess, at that time, you know, right time, right place, right sound. Yeah. And I've been, you know, it, the industry's changed a lot over the last, uh, well, especially the last five years, but it's been, there was a, there was like a good, you know, I don't know, 10 years there where it was a really nice thing. Cause I had all these agencies calling me for demos all the time and they pay you for demos, you know? Oh, so wow. I would, you know, have like three or four of those a week where you're getting paid. And then, then I would have this huge library of tracks cause you know, you're not going to get every commercial you work for obviously. So right. I, you know, hundreds of songs. And that's basically how I'm still making money now. Cause I'm just finding ways of getting that music into people's hands that are uh, now, now it's more like libraries doing subscription services and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know, there's still some composing I'm doing for demos, but, but by and large, it's, it's these companies now that have all this music on hand and then they go out to editors and agencies and they say, okay, you can just pay us a monthly fee or whatever. And like all this music is yours to use. It's already pre-cleared, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's different pricing in there for stuff that they want to do, but they don't have to go back and forth. And, and because editing now is often done to the music anyway, you know, oh, okay, it's kind of a different, thing right it used to be like you'd get the commercial and then you'd put the music to the commercial now it's like oh let's get a cool track and let's just edit to the track right wow so oh, it's really man. changed and unfortunately you know there's not nearly as much money in it but um it's it's still something and i'm able to you know i'm able to keep keep going i hear that with a lot of people in a lot of different lines of work the money isn't in it like it used to be i don't i'm wondering where all the money ended up going because it's I know. nobody's got it anymore just to the top you know the, the, yeah. the guys the fat cats yeah <laughs> exactly we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors sky is born and how did your musical journey start i mean did uh, your dad encourage you to play or was it something that you found on your own? How did, how did that whole, how did you really get into music? Well, he did encourage me. Like it kind of both happened. I guess he encouraged me for like, I guess the first five years of my life and I rejected it. And so he's <laughs> trying and then I found it on my own, like two years later or like a year and a half later. Okay. So, Kind of both, I guess. So you're mostly percussion and drums and... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I played around with like synths, I guess, before drums, but 
drums was the first thing I took lessons for. Oh, yeah, okay. He's, he's being, definitely being extremely modest because I, I could tell as, as a parent that he was musically uh, inclined just and interested, uh, even though he, he might not have thought that he, I mean, you know, maybe in your mind, it, it didn't seem like it was, you can see the future or whatever. It, you didn't know, but, but I could tell like just from my interactions that he was just absorbing it. Yeah. And like, there were so many indicators like along the, the, the way I have a recording of us playing when he was six and he was playing synth and he was just playing. And I was like playing along with him with guitar. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is insanely easy to play music with you. You don't realize how easy it is. Like, wow. it's just happening. It's just an easy thing. And like, that's the, the earliest recording I have of him. And then a year later, he just decided one day that he was going to play all these songs on the piano. So out of nowhere, he was just <laughs> learning all this stuff on the piano. And then he promptly stopped and gave it up. And I'm like, what? You're so good. Like, oh. you're playing literally all these classical pieces out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, he, he was, he was learning it on YouTube and I know a lot of kids do that, but it, it was just really, it just flowed really easily with him. And, um, but then and I, and I, I'll, I'll let him talk. <laughs> That's when he, when he discovered drums, it was like, you know, just get out of the way. Wow. Yeah. Were you, were you playing on your own or were you playing with friends and school bands? Uh, what was, uh, what's your path been to get to this point? Uh, I either, well, I took lessons, like I mostly played alone, but I had drum lessons obviously. And I played some with him, like pretty much throughout the whole thing. I've always played with him a lot, but definitely a lot more in the last four years okay. than I did when I was like first starting out. All right. So you guys have started this interesting, unusual band, father and son band, Night Sky. Which, like I said before, I don't hear too much of. The only time I, I've heard of it, the actual band wasn't started by father and son, but Peter Hook and his son Jack Bates now play Joy Division and, and New Order stuff together. Hmm. But obviously, Jack wasn't around for Joy Division. You know? <laughs> yeah, so right. he didn't write any of the music. And so this is why I, I really, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. How did the whole project get started i mean if i was reading everything it started with a the pandemic and and a little bit of frustration with virtual learning and and, and what was going on at the time <laughs> yeah i mean i i well we had we did play music together just you know ever since he started playing drums i would just try to jam with him just to play and just you know like i just figured the more we're playing together the better he's going to be as a musician so yeah from the get go, I was, you know, trying to just play together every, every once a week. I don't know, every few days, I can't, you know, it's kind of a blur now, but over, the, <laughs> over the years, he got, he got good so fast that, you know, when he was nine or no, when he was 10, he already was filling in for, I had a solo, I, my, my solo band was still playing and I had a gig and my drummer couldn't make it. And Sky was able to sit in when he turned on his 10th birthday, it just happened to be on his 10th birthday. So wow. he was already filling in for, for like the adults in the room. Right. Oh my gosh. And, um, he, we also played a gig at this local little, it's called porch fest. And he got this, uh, symbol endorsement out of nowhere. Like when he was, I think that was our, I 
think that was our first gig actually we were doing like a cover we were just playing covers oh wow and so um he got he just got really good pretty quick so um we were we were we were jamming a lot and that was a few years ago you know like when he was 10 he was already playing really well so we have years of jams you know we have a lot of ideas on the phone that we recorded over those time that time period and you know, two years later now, he's 12 and the, and the pandemic hits. And he was 12. Yeah. He was 12. <laughs> now he's not 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, come on, dad. Get that right. Yeah. You know, so we, so I don't know. We, I, I think we both knew, okay, let's spend this time that we have and let's go back to some of these jams and let's just try to get some songs going. That was the first step, I think, was just like, oh, let's see if we can actually, you know, record one of these ideas for real. And, you know, the other thing going on too is of course being, uh, you know, we have a studio here at the house. Yeah. He's in the studio all the time and he's got his own studio upstairs, but. Oh, nice. He's so comfortable with recording that like, I don't know. It just, it, there was no like big leap there. It was like, he's ready. Like I already knew like, okay, this is prime time to record a record because he's actually ready to record a record. Like he's, he's competent. He can come to the table, not only doing what I tell him to do, but like actually contribute on an artistic level Man. to something that is beyond what I can do. Wow. And, uh, that was, that was it. That was the moment when I was like, okay, we, we, we are doing this. We're going to spend this time. And instead of like sitting around wallowing <laughs> about the world, we're going to like make the most of this because we're probably never going to have time like this again. Exactly. And so many people did so many different things and then a whole lot of people just didn't do anything. So <laughs> it seems to be one or the other. There's like, yeah, I got some stuff done. It's either I got everything done. I wanted or I didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. There's like no in between. So yeah. Sky, just a, a quick aside. I, are you playing drums in school at this point? I mean, before everything went virtual, are you playing in school bands or, or are you just keeping it at, at home? Well, I didn't play in school bands, but I played in like band programs, like outside of school. Okay. Like you just sign up for and play with people your age or like people slightly older in my case. Yeah. And so, yeah. It was, it was outside of school pretty much. It still is outside of school. Actually. It's never really been an in-school thing for me. Oh, okay. Um, it might be in the coming years, but so far it hasn't been an in-school thing. It's just been at home and with bands that I meet through like just outside of school activities that I do for music. So you guys during this pandemic are playing and developing these, these songs that you've been messing around with in the past at what point did you say let's make this an album and put it out yeah it's like i think it was really far along that maybe. we actually decided to do something with it yeah we i think we were just kind of like let's just get some songs done and we can put them on soundcloud or something yeah. you know i don't know just just see what happens but i i wish i i wish i could like remember the the moment or whatever <laughs> you know it was um you know, I think it wasn't actually a moment. I think actually what, what, what happened was I also had a number of songs I was trying to finish up that were like my just other projects. Like I have, I had a solo, I was re-releasing my second solo album, which I mentioned before, the mm -hmm. one that came out back when he was born. I was pretty adamant I wanted to re-release that thing. And so the first thing I was actually, I believe working on during that pandemic time was like, I just wanted to get that thing out there like i wanted to remaster 
I was never happy with the way that record sounded for, you know, it's, it's, it's been out for like almost 15 years at this point, <laughs> back, I guess it was 12. I, yeah. 15 years actually. Yeah. It was a 15 year anniversary. Okay. So I was, and I was never happy with the mixes. So it was just driving me crazy. I was like, I'm going to actually re- remix this thing because now I have the time. Right. Yeah. So I ventured kind of, I dove into that project, which was a total pain in the, in the rear, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, digging up old computers and like trying to like, just you know software is out of date the stamp i can't find the samples you know like oh wow half the projects are are, are are screwed up so i gave up and you know over and over again and but then i finally decided okay i've got most of it here i can do this i just there's only a couple songs i need you know a little bit of re- rework i have to actually redo the guitars on this thing i gotta re-sing that little part i gotta you know do this and some of it was drums and so Somewhere in there, I was like, well, I, I happen to live with a drummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty good one. Yeah. So Sky was a part of that. And I don't remember also, I, or, you know, I don't remember if that came before we started writing a bunch, you know, getting more serious about our music. But yeah, I think it kind of happened at the same time. Because once those drum mics are set up and we're getting a good sound and I'm like, this is working. And also Sky was you know, it, it kind of all happened at once. Cause he was also uh, recording. Uh, he recorded like a Christmas song with, with Zach. So, so the, <laughs> Zach, my friend from rogue wave, he, he did this like Christmas compilation for some label or whatever. Oh, cool. And it's like, yeah, this guy can play on it. I'm like, okay. Oh, so he came awesome. over and you know, we recorded that and that was really early on. I think that was technically your first release actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was before, that was before the pandemic actually. Wow. So, we were already, yeah, clearly I haven't gotten my story right straight on this whole thing. But <laughs> <laughs> basically the, the, the bottom line is he, he was ready to record. And, and I think once the dust had kind of settled on my, on what I was trying to do with my solo album, we just started to be like, okay, let's, let's get these songs, these jams that we have, and let's look at these and maybe we can, you know, do something with the, with these for real. And, I'm trying to remember what the first song that we did was. Was it Doing Time? That's a great song. 2017 or Very something. old idea. But we went back and, and see, this is the thing. Okay. This is what <laughs> so we had these ideas and they were cool, you know, but, I, and, but they weren't done yet. And, and what happened was we went back and we revisited them and he had gotten so much better. As soon as we started playing again, I'm like, well, okay. Like that beat is sick. Let's, yeah. let's get this recorded because this sounds good. That that's what happened with doing time. I mean, that beat, made the song in my opinion and the song uh drag was another really old idea that okay. when he played this beat that has this kind of rolling kind of snare thing to it okay like that there it is no.
just, it, that's the kind of thing. It was really, um, I don't know. It became a band, you know, like it's weird to think of recording, I think with, with any family member, because how do you know that there's an artistic connection going on? I mean, it might just be, and that's fine. There doesn't have to be if you know, whatever, like you're just, you, you know, you're hanging out with your kid. It's fine. Yeah. You know? But, but I think there was a moment in there when I'm like, okay, I, I actually think we can do something here. That is its own little, it's a band. It's like, it has a sound. It has a, a vibe to it um, that I'm able to hear. And, it really uh, does. It's great. I love the sound of this album. Thanks. It's got the whole dream pop shoegaze indie. It's oh man. I was just thinking about it. If if this album came out in like the mid '80s, it'd be huge. I, I love it. <laughs> I love that sounds. Was it hard to kind of straddle that line between producer and dad? um yes and no you know i think um you have two hats right you put your dad hat on and you're like well you know instead of uh going and throwing the football around or something we're gonna play music right it's it's something that we both enjoy doing and it's you know it's we can do it all the time we we can we we spend long hours in the studio and and it's great you know so on a dad level, it's, you know, a great way to spend time together on a producer level. I'll say like, that was another, like, just uh, learning process of realizing that Sky was ready to record, has a great demeanor in the studio. Doesn't really get, doesn't get nervous at all. As far as I could tell, um, if anything, I don't know, dials in, wants to make the song as good as possible has great ideas you know it was it was you know of course like was it was it i don't know there were still moments when we might butt heads about about something or just be in bad moods for whatever reason but i mean it's as far as a um creative team it was great and, and that's why it happened i mean you know because at any point something like this you just i don't know to actually see it through takes an i think another level of commitment and getting through those, the dark, the, the moments when you just start are not thinking that it's worth the time or whatever, but yeah. the whole time I was like, this just gets better and better. I mean, we're getting better at the process, which changed over time too, by the way. I mean, we kind of found our groove as the record went on and, um, I really came to, um, I don't know. It was, it was a fun adventure seeing how that would unfold. Oh, um, bet, I think, yeah. But, yeah, because I think at the beginning, I mean, feel free to jump in, but I feel like at the beginning it would be like, okay, you know, we have these ideas and I would be like, let you know, we jam it. And then I'd be like, okay, just let's play that. Okay. So let's record let's do what we just did. And it, we just kind of capture what we, what we had been doing. And then as, as the time went on and we, we would uh, work on the later ideas, it was more like okay, this is the general idea of what I'm thinking or what, what this idea is. I just want to like record you playing drums for like 10 minutes and then we're going to go, we're going to see where this goes. And so we would let it roll and get just good sounds and he would just play for a while. And I'd be usually, I'd be playing bass, you know, usually or, or not just kind of, um, I don't know, maybe I can't remember, maybe some guitar sometimes or whatever, but mostly just kind of like, 
um, letting him just get really comfortable and kind of going off. And then okay. I would go back and we would go back and then we would rearrange the idea kind of uh, based on kind of what, where he took it. And, uh, the songs just, I just love it because it, it feels live. It feels like it's an organic kind of thing that is evolving. It's like the song, um, two wolves in the heart. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, I think, I think the last song on the album, it's, um, it's just this kind of, you know, odyssey and it's not that long. I don't know. Maybe it's five minutes long. It's not like this crazy long track, but right. it just evolves and you can kind of hear that happen the last, you know, two minutes of the song where he basically did that whole thing. And then I, we went back and kind of wrote a lot of the music to what he did, you know, oh, and I wow. did kind of around what the drums were doing. which is a little bit more of a, I don't know, it's a little bit more of like a catchy, popier song, I would say. But oh, there's elements of that song too where it really loosens up and kind of, that's where I think his his kind of Stuart Copeland uh, style drumming kind of comes through. It's very like, it's kind of loose and he kind of goes, he kind of like blurs this dub thing into a pop thing and then it goes back to this really syncopated thing. I mean... guy when your dad tells you to do something like that do you have an idea in your head of what you want to do or are are you just letting it go and, and just seeing where it goes i mean sometimes i get ideas it's like sometimes i get inspired by the song or sometimes i'm inspiring the song it's just different from song to song i guess are you writing music and at this time i mean are, or do you yeah, have yeah some like I've always written some form of music, I guess, or like, I guess I go through phases where I write like electronic music or I'll just write music on like guitars or something. But yeah, I write some, some music for this and some music just separately. This is just an amazing project. Is there, and it's kind of, to me, it sounds like you almost, you almost know your direction and 
is this something that that you see yourself doing in the future? I mean, is, is music what you're you called to do? Because it sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, I hope I do it in the future. I'm planning on it. <laughs> it was there something that you learned through through doing working with your dad that you, maybe you weren't expecting? Is because it, it sounds like it wasn't just a, a really organic process. But I know you know your dad mentioned that you've recorded in the past already. So is is there something new that you learned through doing this album? Well, when we recorded before, I guess it was just as like like usually he'd have a thing that he was already working on that I could just contribute to. But with Night Sky, it was like actual ideas that I had written. And so my recording before was basically just, I guess, adding to what was already there. And then with Night Sky, I got to actually build a song that I had written with him with a jam and something. So it was just different in that way. It's actually one song like Dream State. He, he, he brought that one on most i think most of the music he wrote wow and to me, and to me. So that, that, <laughs> i didn't really do my I, well I, I i you know obviously i sang on it and i did that element and i added the guitars and stuff but i mean that was um an example of his just showing up one day with a pretty darn i mean as soon as i heard that idea i was like okay well that's you know that's something tell you both right now i think that or and and i don't you got to tell me about this song a little bit because it showed up as 11 tracks of dream state or shadow priest oh you have shadow priest i do to my to oh my, my you're you're the lucky you might be the, uh, the only uh <laughs> member of the press that <laughs> i think that one's gonna be our i don't know when that's coming out it's not it's not on the album right now but it's gonna be released um, as a follow-up little thing. Um, Those are two of my one. favorites. That's cool. I, really, I think you're the first person that's heard uh, oh, wow. that song. Yeah. That is awesome. I can set you free You see what you want to see Messages received The stroke of That's great that you like it. That's a good sign. I love it. That and Faded is also another one of my favorites. That's a yeah. great track. Thank you. So this this album is so solid and not to... I don't even know what the word is. I, I don't want to sound... I'll just say dumb, I, but it, the drumming does not sound like a teenager. So if I were just to give this to somebody and say, Hey, check this band out, you know, it, it would be, this is a great band. It wouldn't be, Oh, this is good for a teenager. I mean, it's just amazingly solid throughout the whole thing. I, you know, I'm amazed by the talent. 
Thanks. Do you guys have favorites on the album? Is there one track that really stands out for each of you? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I know from me personally, it, as soon as we start playing the stuff live, then it skews everything, right? Because, <laughs> you know, playing live really, you fall in love with the songs that just are easy to play live and or have a, have a good effect, right? And then Makes sense. The ones that are harder and challenging and, and fall flat, you end up hating, <laughs> right? So <laughs> I don't know. It changes too, right? I mean, okay. we just, we've only played a handful of shows. So, I mean, we're still, we're still getting our, our, our legs going or whatever, but I, That's I fair. do feel, um, I don't know. What do you think? What, what's your favorite song to play at this point? I don't know about to, to play, but yeah, I don't really know. Doing time is probably my favorite one just on the album. On the album. Yeah. But okay. to play, I don't even know what my favorite <laughs> one is to play. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got a question about a title then, because this, again, this ranks right up on the, on the top three songs, but moon rabbit, Oh yeah. What, all right. So what's Moon Rabbit? Because that's a really cool track. You want to talk about that one? Okay. Well, that one. <laughs> I'll take the lead here, even though it's again like a huge. Sky's influence on this was obviously huge, but like, so we have a. Um, he's, he's big into um, modular synth as okay. well as drums, right? So we have a modular synth set up in his studio, and which is in the attic. Mine, mine's in the ba- basement. His is in the attic. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. We wanted to do something on the album. I think that was almost like a, a palate cleanser or something. I don't know, like a end of, end of side a kind of, I, I don't know, just some, some track that kind of comes out of left field that, I mean, still fits into the realm of what we're doing, but I don't know, something with modular synth and something, you know, a little darker. song took about 15 minutes um <laughs> no it didn't take that yeah. but but it was like you know you fire up the the modular and start turning knob he knows he this is his world I, i'm totally uncomfortable oh wow uh, yeah uh but i don't know what we just it was just like one idea on the modulation that we recorded and then I don't know. We just ran with that, like the initial idea, which wasn't like a big thing when we recorded it, but we just thought it was really cool after. And then we expanded on it, I guess. And that's how it came to be really. Yeah. I just added some guitar and then I think sky, you programmed that, that beat, but the beat is just (laughs) it's literally just a kick and a snare. Like, you know, there's nothing going on. It's all about the, the percolating synth and stuff and the, and the, you know, the vibe. I think that that's the thing. It's just, we wanted to create a vibe with that track. And that's just the only reason is like, let's create this vibe. Let's hang there for two and a half minutes and then, <laughs> you know, and be done. Um, so what, what is a moon rabbit? <laughs> moon rabbit. Uh, the moon rabbit is, uh, <laughs> this guy's just shaking his head. No. We have no idea. They claim, they claim people claim to see the, the moon rabbit, you know, the, um, when you look at the moon, 
do that and you can kind of <laughs> look at the full moon they see a rabbit uh oh okay so, yeah so you know it's i don't know it's fun uh, <laughs> yeah so you mentioned that you guys have played this out a, a little bit are there plans to play live very much? I know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Skies with school and all, it, it's got to be tough. So uh, what are the plans f- with the, the band for the future? I mean, it is, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? Because this is, this band is like set by, limita- you know, bookends or, or limitations all over the place, right? right. We, were, we tried to get the album done within lockdown pandemic time, you know, or not basically when, when he was home from school for so long, right? we tried, we did most of the album during that time. Now it's of course with playing live. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to take him out of school. So it's like, we really have to kind of ideally now that he's older too, he's got a lot of homework and stuff. So yeah. it's like, it's gotta be during the summer or it's gotta be during a break, you know? And so we have, you know, we have some shows coming up in February during his winter break, but I don't want to take his whole winter break. Right. So it's like, yeah, just doing a couple yes. shows, you know, it's not a big deal. I can't, can't I can't hang tonight guys. I got to go play with that. <laughs> what a drag. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, so we got a couple of shows in February and then we're doing, we're doing, it looks like we're doing another little string of shows in July. Oh, nice. Just all on the West coast. And, you know, I think we'll see kind of, what comes about, you know, like, I think, who knows, you know, I, I think we'd be open to writing this wherever it, it might take us. And I know that we've already started to talk about doing more, a new, doing another album, you know, doing just, just kind of keep going, uh, awesome. kind of get, getting some, some energy for that. I think hopefully this summer. That was going to be my next question is, do you, do you see this continuing? So I'm um, that you yes. just answered that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really following his lead though in lots of ways because it, it is like, you know, he's 14. He's just, he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot of things to do. You know, he's got a lot of life to live and stuff. And I, of course, am 100% committed to being his dad first. Oh, over yeah. The musician, yeah. you know, the bandmate. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's been, it's been quite a, even, even if we were to stop right now, honestly, it's been, it's been everything I've ever dreamed for and, and more, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's fantastic. And I can't wait to actually have the vinyl in my hand. Cause oh. that, that's been the only bummer I would, I would say is that, is that, you know, we, we delayed putting out the album for a really long time thinking that, you know, we'd have the vinyl in January. So we, we, we pushed this album release for like six months based on that. Oh, wow. And then, <laughs> and then of course <laughs> they delayed it now until March. So even after all that waiting, you know, we're still like, Oh, we don't have the record. Still so waiting. I know it's not the end of the world, whatever, but you know, just having that vinyl in our hands, like playing the shows and selling something, I think it, you know, this is his first time he's been in a band like this. And like that feeling of people buying your record is really, you know, a special thing. Scott, you, you plan on man in the merch table? <laughs> no. Better get that autograph signing down pat, man. Well, yeah. as a dad, I think this is amazing. I, you know, I've got three of my own and I think this is just beautiful. I, I love this whole project and, and above and beyond that, the music is good beyond just yeah. being, uh, an awesome project. The music is actually really, really f- 
flipping good. So <laughs> this this project is it, it's just I don't know. It kind of hits me right in the chest there because uh, you know I I, I could kind of understand now what you're going through and the pride that you must feel. So uh, congratulations to the two of you. I think this is just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So where can people follow you and uh, pick up the album? Instagram obviously is probably the, the most active place to be. So we're just uh, you know, night sky band. And then, um, you know, we're on Spotify and the other platforms. Um, but I think, you know, as far as getting the album, getting the record, uh, there's links, there'll be a link to, um, uh, this online distributor called fat beats. That's probably the easiest way to get the vinyl, unless you go straight to the label Sonic, you know, Sonic Ritual. They, they can, but they'll probably just send you to Fat Beats anyway, because it's an online store. Okay. So, yeah, they're the ones. It's kind of like a one-stop shop. But it will be in some stores. But I'm telling people, don't expect it to show up at your record store, um, just because we're, you know, we're so unknown. And, and um, where do you find a record store nowadays? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I hate to say that, but God, I know, I know. So, if somebody is interested in buying a, the digital for the time being until the vinyl is ready, is, is it on Bandcamp or do it was Sonic Ritual? Yeah, that's yeah, definitely Bandcamp. Night Sky. Uh, if you just look up Night Sky, we should come up. You know, so we're on Bandcamp. We're on, and then we're on streaming in general. But yeah, band, Bandcamp's great. You know, because it also is a great way to connect with the band. You can contribute as much as you want you can leave a comment you can uh and we'll have other merch too i'm trying i'm trying to get this figured out we'll have we have some shirts that i'm we've been playing around with different shirts and like colors and stuff and and fabrics and stuff so we we should have a shirt soon for sale and i guess we'll be yeah we'll we'll have that another little e well i don't know if it's going to be an ep but we'll definitely have another little release probably over the summer, I imagine, um, to get a little more music, just to keep people aware of our, you know, just hit hit, hit people again, just and get the message the first time around. (laughs) Well, Um, we should probably probably have you guys back on at that point again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since you're the the earliest of the (laughs) shadow priest listeners. (laughs) That's really cool. That's great that you like it. I mean, because no one has heard that song. Wow. That's, oh man. Now see now I'm feeling it again. That's awesome. And it's also it's an interesting too because it's so it's so straightforward rock. Too. I mean we can talk about this next time, but it's like <laughs> a, it's, it's the more kind of rock song. That's why I didn't make the record honestly because I was like, I don't know if it fits, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> but so now, and Sky's getting an awesome education in everything that it takes to uh, promote a band. You know, getting design, you know, uh, yeah, logo I think, designs. I think he's over it already. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I think he, you know you'd rather play music and well i don't know maybe he'll yeah. maybe he'll come around but you know it's um it's 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 a lot of work to promote a record and and do the posts every day on instagram and blah blah it's just you know it, it it's a lot of busy work and i'm so thankful by the way that sonic ritual came forward and put this thing out because um it's just so, it, you know, it, I don't know, just having someone, uh, just there just to obviously to help promote it is great. And just, but just also do some, all this, uh, 
you know, busy, busy work, but a lot of the work of putting an album out, it's like, you know, upload this and no, it's not the right dimensions and no, it's too big. It's too small. Blah, blah. I mean, the, the resolution is not right. I mean, it takes weeks. Honestly, it takes weeks to, to dot all your I's and cross your T's. You know what I mean? Yeah. This stuff. And it's just, it's been so nice to have them on board. Um, I just sent it to them and I was like, I did, did this album with my kid. I'm super freaking pumped. Yeah. And like adamant to just show it to as many people as I could because I was so proud of it and they 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 went for it you know oh. so I'm so thankful I love that like Todrick is just awesome those guys are yeah. just fantastic they have so many awesome artists they've been great to this podcast and uh oh. I just I love them to death. So uh, I'm I'm always thrilled when I when I see something come out on the on their label. It's, in fact, I just released the um an episode that uh with a guy you're going to be playing with in a few weeks, Stephen oh, David excellent. McKellar. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, that show came together really nicely. I was trying to figure out, you know, going down to LA with with Night Sky and just, you know, kind of dreading the the LA thing and yeah. trying to get on a bill and blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just talked to Todd. Well, why not? Let's just do a sonic ritual night. You know, we'll just get all of your bands. Cause in, in a way I kind of feel like we're all, a lot of the bands on that label seem to be almost in the same boat. We're kind of, we don't play that much, you know, maybe here and there, but like, I don't know. No one's like chomping at like <laughs> playing a bunch of shows and stuff. So for all of us just to, I mean, I could be wrong there, but like, it just seems like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is just a great way for us to all kind of do this together. And, um, I don't know, just make a night of it and, and do it for each other. Right. We got yeah. four bands all from Sonic ritual and it's going to be just awesome. That's one of the only reasons I would want to go to LA at this point. <laughs> I would love to see you guys live. If you ever make it to the East coast, try to get to DC. Cause I would, I will be there. Cool. Thank you guys so much for, for spending so much time with me. I've kept you for quite a while and uh, I, I love this album. It's just, it's a special album. So thank you guys so much for creating it and letting everybody hear it. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 